broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Home sweet home. Back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio right here in Las Vegas. Excited for the opportunity for the next three hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demon Cotton and your boy Q. Going to be with you till 5 o'clock. And back from my adventures in Kansas City. And trying to get rested up, Demon. I don't know. I mean, I was at the baseball game yesterday with you over at Las Vegas Ballpark for the Aviators game. Nice little uh, action we had out there with the radio station. That was a lot of fun. And I don't know what it was. It wasn't that hot out there. I was just explaining this to Ari uh, just a little while ago. It wasn't that hot. But I'll tell you right now, man, when I got into the car and drove back home, I felt exhausted. <laughs> I felt exhausted like we were out there running sprints or something or we were running the bases or playing in the outfield. It just – I don't know what it was, but somehow that game just wore me out yesterday, and so I'm still trying to recover from the trip and then, of course, the baseball game that we were at as well. How much did you eat? Because I know a lot of people was, you know, really wolfing down the free food. How many burgers did you have? I only had one. I only, oh. had, I only had one burger and – um yeah, one burger and one beverage, and that was it. I just, I don't know what it was. I mean, you didn't, when you left, and I think you came back to the radio station afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. You weren't tired at all? No, I mean, <laughs> I came back. I went All right, after, Q's just getting old. Yeah, after work, I went to go have a <laughs> few adult beverages. I mean, I was out till a good 10 o'clock last night. Ooh, all right. Well, you were out till 10. Well, I'll tell you this. I went to the house. Thought I was going to take care of some work. That's when you're starting to get old, right? As our as our young friend Enrique is in the building with us as well. It's when you know you're starting to get old. When all of a sudden it's like you got to have a scheduled nap in the in the middle of the day. <laughs> we're we're riding back from the game, and the wife is like sleep in the passenger seat. I'm I'm getting tired and everything. I get to the house, turn on TV. Uh, the Warrior game is already over. I'm feeling good about myself. The Warriors have moved on. They get to play the Lakers. I turn on Law and Order SVU, right? And this is, this is the rabbit hole that I go down on Sunday, right? I go and turn on Law & Order SVU thinking I was going to watch one episode, maybe two. And I just happen to fall on an episode that's like four or five long. So I get started, and by the time I get done, it's like 10 or 10 or 11 at night, and I'm so dog tired. Man, I'm like exhausted because I was like, I was supposed to get a nap in. So, yeah, I guess long story short that uh, your boy's getting old. I mean, did Kansas City really just wear you out? Maybe you were still just I, trying to catch up on all the sleep you didn't get in Kansas yes. City. Yo, no, that's that's definitely a factor. I, I can tell you right now, I have not recovered from that yet, and it's a couple days later. I used to be the guy that just all of a sudden jump up and go. I'm telling you, I didn't even go to sleep after the after the show and everything was done on Friday after round two of the draft was over, round two and three was over. I went back to the Airbnb I was staying at, and I you know, washed the clothes like I always do, You know, cleaned up a little bit, uh, did a little bit of work, and realized that I had to be at the airport uh, you know, the flight was at five. Well, it started, it started uh, boarding at five something. So I just stayed up. I just stayed up the whole time and drove to the airport around three or three thirty or whatever, turned in the rental car, called it a day. So I was literally up the whole time, except for, you know, I fell asleep on the plane. But who falls asleep on the plane and is comfortable? Nobody. Right. Nobody at all. So it was just but I did get back in time to get my haircut. Right. <laughs> I got the priorities straight. I did come back to get the haircut. So I was good. Made the made their haircut appointment and you were down at the facility asking a couple of questions. Exactly. I mean, oh, yeah. No, I was on top of it. When I heard you ask your question to Ziggler, I was like, man, this dude don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, man, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. So I went for it. But uh, I'll tell you what, man, I was paying for it. But we had a good time out at the Aviators game yesterday. We really did. And who do you remember homeboy's name? That came in. He was the catcher, right? That was pitching at the end because they didn't have any more pitchers. Uh, Pozo or Pozu. Something like Something that. Something like that. This dude, Enrique, this dude threw the ball about 50 miles an hour max, right? Tops. And he, he made no bones about it that he wasn't a pitcher and he wasn't even had no business being out there. And then he ended up striking out a guy because he thought he was going to play home run derby against him. He strikes out this guy and he's like striking a pose on the mound. Like he, was, he was having a good time with Did it. Did a it tip good. of the cap as he was yeah. walking <laughs> off the field. <laughs> It was fun. It was fun. We had a good time. And so uh, there you go. That was the weekend. And like I said, at some point, we'll uh, get caught up. But uh, we're not going to get caught up for the next three hours. We're excited about the next three hours and uh, we, we get to bring to you. We've been talking about and talking about and talking about until we're blue in the face. 
the draft and who the Raiders could potentially come away with. Now we know it is all set in stone. Of course, we've been talking about uh, what it looks like now, what the roster looks like. And, you know, everyone always jumps to want to give grades on what's the grade of the draft. I don't really give grades just because, you know, you don't really know what these guys are going to pan out. You don't know who's going to make the roster. Last year, the Raiders, all their draft guys did make the roster. Everyone that Dave Ziegler drafted, they made the roster last year. Does that mean that all nine that they drafted this year are going to make the roster? No. Does that mean the 10 guys that are undrafted free agents are going to make the roster? No. I'm sure there's going to be a few of the undrafted free agents that make it, and there's a good chance that you know a, a good uh, chunk of, of the draft class is going to make the roster as well, but we don't know. So I don't really do graph uh, dra- grades. I just kind of look at it and say, okay, how do you overall feel about it? You know, What did you think of, of basically the direction that the team went? And my big overall feeling when I look at the draft is everything was pretty solid. Right? I think that positions that needed to be filled were filled for the most part. Uh, I think that they got players that had production in school, but they haven't hit their ceiling, if that makes sense. Right? They, they're, they're guys that you could tell are good, and they have room to grow, but they've already had some good production in college as well. That, I thought, was a big, a big deal from Tyree Wilson to Michael Mayer. I mean, I think that could have been maybe even the steal of the draft for the Raiders. Uh, the second round tight end, that was a, a, a hell of a pickup. Byron Young, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Trey Tucker, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati. I know a lot of people have that one circled as the one that may have scratched their head a little bit. Like, why, why was it necessary to get that wide receiver at number 100 uh, when he was really probably projected to be about a fourth or fifth round guy? But nevertheless, they got him there. Ja'Korian Bennett, the cornerback out of Maryland. Aiden O'Connell, quarterback out of Purdue. That's another one that people kind of look at and say, okay, well, maybe he's something, maybe he isn't something. I'll tell you right now, and we'll, we'll break down all these guys at some point, he's not a quarterback that's going to be very mobile. So for me, that's kind of a, eh, I'd rather have a guy that's, that's mobile, that can do some things with his legs as well, kind of st- start to think that this is the, the, the way that these new quarterbacks in the league need to go. They have to have a little wiggle as far as I'm concerned, and that's not what Aiden O'Connell has. But doesn't mean he can't be a good quarterback. So uh, he, he was a fourth-round pick out of Purdue. Uh, Christopher Smith II, the safety out of Georgia in round five. Amari Bernie in round six, linebacker out of Florida. And then Nesta Jade uh, out of the defensive tackle out of Arizona State by way of Miami. He was there for some years. It's funny, right after, right after that seventh-round pick was made, uh, I got hit up by someone who, uh, who actually covers Miami and, and, and saw uh, Nesta quite a bit. And I got I to gotta go to this text real quick, Demond, and read you what, what they said. And I read it in the – I was in the media room, right, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I was in the media room. Nesta, a defensive tackle originally at Miami for three years and last year at Arizona State, got drafted by the Raiders. One of the dumbest cheap shot artists I've ever played from high school through college. He's so underperformed, not a hard worker at all. Good luck with him. The exact opposite of Jaquan, Jaquan Johnson, who is hardworking, polite, never in trouble, and a great teammate. So that was a quick scathing review of the guy. I was like, damn, he don't stand a chance, right? <laughs> I was like, man, they, uh, they, they raked that guy through the coals. And I'm not saying that that's who he is, but that was just a text I got immediately after he was drafted by the Raiders. So there's that. And, you know, he's seventh-round pick, so he's going to have to work to make the roster. But, I mean, he's, he's a seventh-round pick. There you go. I heard that text, and I hear a guy who's got an edge, who's willing to, you know, give a little bit extra even after the play. Right. You know, hey, it's a positive. It could be. It could be. It could work out. I mean, who knows? Like I said, that's that's somebody who covers Miami, and, uh, you know, not a big deal, but it was just it was just funny to see that text come through immediately. So we got a lot to talk about uh, clearly on the show today as we go over the draft class and what are your thoughts and, you know, how, how many guys do you think can make an impact early? We're going to go through all that good stuff on the show today. Of course, we have some good guests as we do each and every day, starting with Ed Graney at 2.30 from the RJ and, of course, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. He'll give his thoughts from a Raiders point of view of, okay, uh, what players look like impact players, who did he really like, you know, how does he think the overall class looks right now on paper. Again, it's only May 1st, so there's no real activities going on that you're going to be able to know anything about. So uh, Ed Graney will join us at 2.30 just to talk about the overall state of the Raiders, not only with the draft class, but what they were able to do in free agency as well. Then coming up at the 3 o'clock, Justin Mello from the Draft Network, our good friend there, he'll join us to talk about just some of the players that may be a little under the radar, some of the guys that you might not uh, have always seen all, all season long or, or even heard of. Some people don't watch college football like that, so you know you might not know of every player. You might not know who a Ja'Korian Bennett is. You might not who, know who a Amari Bernie is or a Christopher Smith, uh, and, and that's okay, right? That's our job to, to kind of give you a little bit of insight. So uh, Justin's a really good dude. He's been sending me all kind of uh, direct messages and, and just profiles of a lot of these different players that the Raiders have selected. So at some point over the course of the weekend, I was like, well, you just need to jump on the show 
and uh, give us a breakdown of some of these guys that really stood out to you. So he's like, yeah, no doubt about it. So 3 o'clock, Justin Mello from the Draft Network will join us. He's our good friend. Then at 3.30, this is a good get by DeMond, uh, Alan Karpik, goldenblack.com. He'll join us to talk all things Aiden O'Connell. And DeMond, what did you think, man? Aiden O'Connell, uh, the, the quarterback out of Purdue, he's got some good numbers. Uh, obviously, he's a, a, a good quarterback in the, in the history of Purdue there, and, and they've had some, some good quarterbacks there. But what did you think about that selection? After I heard Dave Ziegler talk about him when he said, hey, it's a lot of it, it's, it's above the neck with him. So I think that when you draft a backup, excuse me, yeah, a backup quarterback, people shouldn't look at it as if, hey, it, could this guy be the future franchise QB if the starter goes down? Just look at it as you're getting a backup option that's cheaper than what you can get out there on the open market where you look at, let's say, how much the Broncos paid for a Jared Stidham. So for me, when if you look at it and just this is a good value at a backup quarterback, I take it for what it is and say, hey, that's a good pick. Right, and I think the Raiders are going to get in the habit of drafting quarterbacks a lot anyway. I think you're going to see it every other year. You know, you might even see it every year until they find their their quarterback of the future. I mean, we know that Jimmy G is under contract for a couple years. You know what Jimmy G brings to the table. Brian Hoyer, you know he's a he's a coach on the field. I say that in air quotes because that's kind of like the you know the, not not the running joke, but just kind of what the saying is when you know that he's a, a glorified backup at best. And we'll see. We'll see what Aiden O'Connell turns into be. Maybe he ends up being a Jared Stidham guy. Maybe he ends up being a guy that Josh McDaniels uh, grooms for quite a while, just like he did with Jared Stidham. I mean, he had him as a fourth round pick, right? <laughs> and he had him there in New England for some years, and then traded for him uh, to to come to Vegas and be with the Raiders. So uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with Aiden O'Connell. But uh, Alan Carpick, uh, GoldenBlack.com, he'll join us to break down and let us know exactly who Aiden O'Connell is because I just want for even myself. I wanted to get a little bit more clarity of, okay, who can this guy potentially be on the next level? At least what does he think? And from a guy's point of view who uh, covered him like a glove, so he'll join us at 3.30. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show. Ed Graney, Justin Mello, Alan Karpik. Uh, they're going to talk about the draft and the Raiders in, a, in, in their own little way. Again, from goldenblack.com, talking all things O'Connell, the Draft Network, just summarizing all things that had to do with the draft. And then Ed Graney will also talk about uh, all things Raiders, even the free agents that they signed the offseason and how much more improved he thinks the team could be. So those are the guests. We also have some sound from Dave Ziegler. Uh, he had a, he met with the media a couple times at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, so you'll hear a little bit from that. And also we've got a special coming up at 5 o'clock. As soon as this show is over, we'll have like a Ra- Raiders draft recap. And it's just about an hour long, and it'll be a bit different players after they were selected and they jumped on the Zoom. It'll just be the whole press conference. And so I think Dave Ziegler has one. Uh, Aiden O'Connell has one. Uh, there's other guys on there. Bryant Young from Alabama, Michael Mayer. Uh, he, he's part of it as well. So it's not going to be every single player, but it's a few of the players. Just giving you a little bit of a Raiders draft recap. That's coming up at 5 o'clock after we sign off here on Unnecessary Roughness. But now you know the guests that we've got coming up on the show, what to expect. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Got the tweet from uh, Talk James. He said, Q, it's called jet lag. That's what he said I had, jet lag. I I had some kind of lag. <laughs> I'll tell you that, man. It was jet lag, weekend lag, struggle. I mean, I was on the struggle bus, my man. And like I said, I think I'm about 99% recovered, but I still think a little bit part of me, uh, I need to take a couple more days just to, to get some rest and, and get back to, to normalcy. But uh, it is what it is. We're going to keep this party rolling tomorrow. I'll be part of the Raider Roundtable with JT the Brick later on this week. Uh, upon further review, I'll be filling in for Eddie Pascals. He's out on paternity leave. His uh, wife had their baby not too long ago, so uh, that's really cool. Eddie's got that opportunity to go ahead and spend some time with the baby. Baby baby Xavier, and I told him, I said, you know that uh, that means that they're going to call him X, right? You do know that, that you're, that you're not going to it's not going to be long. They'll, they won't be calling him Xavier. They'll be calling him X. He's like, yeah, I think we're going to come up with a different nickname. I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> it's going to end up being X without you even wanting it to be X. Like, that's not going to be that's not going to be your choice. His friends are going to start calling him X. It's going to be a wrap. It'll be a done deal. X Pascal is a cool name, actually. It is kind of cool. <laughs> right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Eddie. We did it for you. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I'll be filling in on upon further review later on this week. You'll hear that, actually on Thursday on the show. So uh, congratulations again to Eddie and his wife. We definitely appreciate them. But the question that I have there, and I want to throw it out there to you at the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R, how would you summarize the Raiders draft class? I mean, it's real simple. When you look at it in, in, in all nine players that they selected, and I'm not looking at the undrafted free agents, and we'll, we'll deep dive into those guys as well, but just looking at the draft class, the nine players that they selected, how would you summarize it? Knowing what the Raiders needed, 
going into the draft, knowing what the big Achilles heel was, knowing all the conversations that we had from multiple different angles uh, discussing the draft leading up to it. What, what do you think about it? How would you summarize the Raiders draft class? And then who are you most excited about and who are you not that most that fired up about? So I'll start with you, DeMond. I know you were a guy that was very high on Anthony Richardson, uh, and he ended up going to uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's a good landing spot for him. But who are you most excited about out of the nine players that the Raiders selected? I think I got to go with number one, Tyree Wilson. I'm most excited about him. I do think that the foot injury, I really want to see how he's going to respond to that. Mm -hmm. But I know that, hey, somebody, people could be thinking about, hey, a mid-round pick that they could hit on. No, for me. Picking that high at number seven, mm-hmm. he's the player that I'm most locked in on, and I want to see how he's going to develop in the NFL. All right. I, I like I like Tyree Wilson. I really do. And you, you touched on the, the foot injury, and that's something that he's obviously uh, got to continue to work on. And, and from everything that we're hearing, he's going to be ready for uh, for camp and everything to go. So, so that's what the expectations are. I think Tyree Wilson's got a, a good opportunity to play and play a lot. He'll play on the outside. He'll play on the inside. I mean, he, he's, a, he, he's a guy that's very versatile, which if you look up and down the nine players that the Raiders selected – I mean, the majority of them are versatile dudes. They could play in multiple roles, which is something that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have talked about since day one. So there's no surprise to me that they got a bunch of guys that are versatile. I'll tell you this, man. I think the guy I'm most excited about, and I know you're going to laugh and say, oh, yeah, that's a shocker, uh, Byron Young. From, uh, from Alabama, the defensive tackle. And one, I, I, I like Alabama a lot. I like Alabama players. I watch uh, Alabama football all the time. But I just like his mentality. I really do. I mean, this is a dude who's really good at stopping the run. Like, that's, that's where he's going to, you know, how he's going to butter his bread is by stopping the run, which is obviously something that, uh, you know, the Raiders are going to need that. That's a major element to the defense. Going to have to stop the run. He has a little bit of ability to get to the quarterback. He had four sacks in 2022. But really, man, his attitude, I think, fits in perfectly with a Chandler Jones, with a Max Crosby. This is a guy who said, you know, whoever selects me is getting a winner. They're getting a culture changer. And if they already have a really good, strong culture, then great. I'm just going to add to it. But if it's a locker room that needs a little bit of, you know, a, a, a little bit of that winning attitude and that culture change, he could be that guy as well. He's a guy that I believe is going to be able to not just lead by example, but be vocal too. And the Raiders haven't really had too many vocal leaders in a long time. I'm excited about Byron Young. I think he's going to bring a lot to the table. Do you think he's already pushing just with him being drafted, Farrell Jr. and Butler, where it's like you guys yeah. better watch out for this guy? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see what those guys can do. Obviously, they didn't do much their first year, and they're actually guys that I've asked both Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels about. This offseason, they said, hey, they stayed back in Henderson. They're still working. Uh, they're trying to get in where they fit in, and they're, you know, they're trying to get up to, to, up to speed and all that good stuff. But, yeah, I, I think that they're, they're definitely going to get pushed, right? And, and, and because a guy like Byron Young who comes from Alabama, what does he expect to do? He expects to be on the field, right? And, and the reason he expects it, not because, oh, I'm Byron Young, put me on the field. No, but that's just the mentality. And he's going to go into the, 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 the practice settings and training camp, and he's going to bust his tail, like he said, he didn't even have an opportunity to get after the quarterback, try to rush the quarterback, right? That was something that you had to earn that opportunity to rush the quarterback. And he had so many greats in front of him. Like, they really had to, 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 to sharpen their irons and everything in practice. And that's, that's what I like about, you know, Alabama football and big-time programs as well. They work so hard in practice. Once they get to the game, that's easy, right? The practice is where they really they make, get it done. And, and that's what I say about – NFL anyway, right? Games are won and lost during the week. They're, I mean, they're literally won and lost on the field on Sunday or Thursday or Monday night football, whatever it is. But the work you put in during the week preparing for that game is really how you win or lose a game. The way you prepare for that game is depending on how you're going to go out there and play. If you half-ass it, I like to call it, if you half-ass it, guess what's going to happen on Sunday? You're not going to flip it on and all of a sudden be at the top of your game. You're going to half-ass it. And even if it's only half the game. Right, even if it's only the first start, like you just come out of the gates a little bit sluggish because, well, that's what you—that's how you practice all week. Well, then you're going to get behind, and more times than not, you're going to lose. So, a guy like that, I expect he's going to get after it in practice. I think he's going to make everyone better around him. So, another player, I want to go ahead and put my stamp on this early. McClendon Curtis, that's an undrafted Ooh, free, free agent, agent. Yeah. that I think is going to make the team because when I was doing a little, okay, the Raiders they signed him. Let me look at him, Chattanooga. He also played next to Cole Strange. Mm-hmm. So what I looked at was all of Cole Strange's college yeah. tape where people were like, oh, Cole Strange, this is a good pick for the Patriots. And then to see Curtis out there, you know, on the on the right side, him also playing guard where 
this guy, he didn't look that bad playing next to Cole Strange. So I do think that that's that little bit of the Patriots drafted that guy in the first round. So I think that maybe the Raiders get a sleeper by getting him, you know, as an undrafted free agent. So I'm putting that out there now okay. on the Monday after the draft. I heard that. Well, Justin Mello from the Draft Network actually uh, has a few nuggets on uh, McClendon Curtis, the offensive lineman out of Chattanooga, undrafted free agent. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to ask him about him. Uh, like I said, he's got some really good nuggets on him. So that's a, that's a player that you're, you're looking forward to. So I'm, I'm looking at Byron Young. And I'll go ahead and give you one more, and that's Christopher Smith, the safety from Georgia. Uh, I think that uh, the the production that he had in school, six interceptions over the past two seasons, uh, back to back national champion. Uh, he's got that, you know, he's, he's got that winning traits to him, so he knows what it's like. I think that he's going to be a guy that can get on the field. I don't think he's going to start immediately. I'm not going to try to put it out there and he's going to and say he's a, a day one starter, but I think he'll earn it. I think at some point before the season's over, he'll be a starter. You know, that's, that's one of the things we talked about quite a bit going into the draft, right? How many starters do the Raiders need to come away with? I think they have three with their first three picks. Tyree Wilson, Michael Mayer, Byron Young. In some way or, or shape or form, those guys are going to get out there early and often. And then I think at some point, Christopher Smith is going to be a starter and Ja'Korian Bennett is going to be a starter. And you know what? Bennett might be a starter immediately depending on how they, how they shape it out with the, with the corners position. Like Nate Hobbs could stay outside and then Bennett maybe kicks inside as the slot corner. But he has an opportunity to play outside, too. He's so versatile. Again, using that V word, versatile, he's able to kick outside as well. So I think that they, at the end of the day, probably have five starters, but they don't have five starters day one. Like, I wouldn't even try to gas you up and say that, oh, yeah, they got five. When September rolls around, there's going to be five rookies out there. And I don't even know if you would want to put five rookies out there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just because that's a lot of youth out there. So uh, I do think that they have three in the first three picks. Mayer is a no-brainer. Right, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to tell you that. That was that was a hell of a pickup for him to be available in round two. That was that was great. And I know people are like, well, they need defense. Yeah, they do. But if that guy's available, you got to take him. Yeah, he was tight end one <laughs> on a lot of teams' right. boards in our mock draft. He went in the first round. Where I do think that he's one of those guys. Also, when it comes to tight ends, he was targeted a lot at Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but he was a very good end zone target as well in yeah. the red zone. So this guy, he's got a good catch radius. I think that, like you said, it's a steal that he lasted past the first. So that's also when we talk about value. That's two first-round graded guys that they got with their first two picks. Good hands and can block. Right, those are two things that go uh, that are that are very important when you're a tight end, right? And that was the one knock on Darren Waller is that, of course, you knew what he could do with the ball in his hands. He's going to run the great routes. He's going to get open. He's going to you know make plays happen. But he wasn't a very good blocker. And I'm not saying that Mayer is going to be Darren Waller like with the ball in his hands, but he's a tight end. He's going to get downfield. He's going to be able to run guys over. I mean, he he, he plays he plays strong. He plays mean. Uh, I like it. I like that pick a lot. And, again, surprised that he was around in round two. And, really, that was the guy that they were looking at maybe trading back into the back end of round one, even with a team like Kansas City, to try to go get him. But the price of doing business was too high. So they stayed pat, and then they traded up uh, from 38 to 35 and were still able to get their guy. So I I thought that that was a real good pick. And, like I said, Byron Young is a guy I'm super excited about. So, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. How would you summarize the Raiders draft class? Who are you most excited about and who are you not very fired up about? Someone that's, you know, you got to wait and see to see what kind of player that's going to be and, and then be able to d- make that determination. We always come out of the draft with like, oh, there's our favorite right there. And then there's some that you just aren't too sure of. Like, I, I ain't going to lie. Aiden O'Connell, he doesn't do too much for me. He doesn't do too much for me. Now, that doesn't mean he's not, he can't be good. Just, just my flavor is just, you know, it's, it's the flavor of Kool-Aid I don't, I don't prefer. That's it. Do you, would that be a, any backup quarterback that they have taken fourth through seventh round? Because to me, I think it's just the don't look when when your team drafts a guy in the mid to late rounds, don't look at him and say, hey, if he needs to be called, he's going to be the next Tom Brady. Right. Where it's just for me, it's just they found they they found a quality backup that they believe he can be. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's going to be cheaper. And he might be good. He yeah, might well, end up being. I'm really not saying good. that he's going to just be right. a backup his whole career, but right. for me, if it's just if he's a backup quarter round that can stick around for five or six years. Hey, that was a successful pick. Right. No, I, I agree. The pick could end up being really good. I just, like I said, I prefer a quarterback at this stage of the game that can that can do something with his legs, that could be a little bit mobile. I'm not saying they got to be, you know, uh, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson or anyone like that, even Josh Allen, but just someone who can get themselves out of harm's way, and he doesn't do that. He gets the ball, the ball out of his hand real quickly. Well, that's a, that's a plus. But as far as just being mobile, he's not that guy. And I was hoping that the Raiders were going to go in that direction and get a guy that was mobile. But, again, O'Connell might end up being really good for all we know. But we'd love to hear from you, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Raider Dill said, obviously I'm excited for Wilson, but the guy I'm really interested in is Amari Bernie. 
Uh, I know he was a six-round pick, but the role he would play has been huge weakness for the Raiders. Hopefully he can show up and show out so the middle of the field isn't open, uh, the open open ocean of uncontested catches that it has been. That's from Raider Dill. And, yeah, uh, Bernie's going to be interesting. He, he really is because he was a safety converted linebacker similar to Divine Diablo, and last year was his first year in that position, and he had some good production. He came away with some really good production. Had a couple interceptions, a couple forced fumbles, I think four sacks. I mean, he, he kind of did a little bit of everything, and then even Bragdon said he had the best hands at Florida. So, you know, there's there's that. And, again, we can ask Justin Mello about Bernie when we get him coming up at 3 o'clock. So uh, he, could be, he could be a nice little steal in the sixth round. Uh, there was a few – linebackers that I was looking at earlier in the draft that I was kind of hoping that the Raiders were going to go make a move for, but it just didn't shake out that way, right? You saw guys start to come off the board, and he's like, okay. You know, and, and Dave Ziegler, to his credit, he said on, a, on Saturday after the draft was over, yeah, there were some positions that they weren't able to address that they wanted to. So you're not going to get everybody that you want in the draft just because, you know, it sounds good. It's like, oh, you got to go get this guy, get that guy, get that guy. doesn't mean that you're going to be able to just because the way that the, uh, the board shakes out. Uh, one more text from Brad and Concord. He said, I'm excited to see Tyree. His reach and length, uh, lengthness, I'm hoping, will go right along with Crosby's style. Let's hope quarterbacks are running for their lives a lot. I'm also excited about the new tight end. We, we need a game changer like the Chiefs and Niners have, as I hate to say it. But overall, I'm reserving my full excitement for reservations for when the games start. I've become jaded in uh, that we've all seen lately top picks be a top flop and late picks or undrafted free agents step up. That's from Brad in Concord. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not going to sit there and give it a grade. I know some some people will do that, A, B, C. I, I think it was a solid draft. I really do. And the thing about it is that's all you need to have is a solid draft. You don't have to have a, a game-changing draft. You don't have to be spectacular. Yeah, you'd like it to to be that way every once in a while. Like I think Philly did a really good job. That I know they've been talked about quite a quite a bit. But it doesn't have to be – you know the 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 best draft ever. It just has to it just has to be like solid. It doesn't have to be great. Just don't be bad, <laughs> right? And and it looks like again, just looking at it on paper. And of course, paper is only going to tell you so much. You'll start to learn about them in training camp, and you'll learn about them in the games when it really matters. But it looks like they had a solid draft. So uh, let me know your thoughts. What would you call it? How would you summarize the Raiders draft class? And who are you most excited about? And who aren't you so fired up about? Let us know. Six one nine one eight seven keyword R and R. We'll ask Ed Graney as he'll join us next. It's Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Through the question out there, how would you summarize the Raiders draft class? Who are you most excited about and who aren't you so fired up about? 69187. Keyword R&R, so don'tbebroke.com. Text line, mailman, Raider said, Q, first thing that came to mind with the Trey Tucker draft was, oh, Q's finally going to get his kick return to the house this year. But overall, I thought it was a good draft. And when it was last time, we said that. First two picks were great. Also, my condolences to hardcore Raiders. Prayers up, my guy. Maybe Hooker will come later. Of course, Hendon Hooker ends up with the Detroit Lions, and we know hardcore Raider is pretty upset about that. I thought for a minute there, when the Raiders were picking at 70, I was like, oh, it's getting close. Maybe that's going to be head and hooker time. And, well, Detroit went and got him before. So we all knew. We all kind of poured one out for a hardcore Raider when that happened because we knew that was going to be one near and dear to his heart. Join us now on the phone lines from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. And, of course, the Review Journal is our good friend, Ed Graney. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time. I know you've been running around chasing the A's, trying to figure out if they're coming, if they're not coming, what all that stuff. But when you had a chance to sit back and look at what the Raiders were able to do in their draft class, what was your overall feelings? Well, they didn't pick Cleve Furl at number four, <laughs> right? So that was uh, that was good. Yeah, I just thought uh, I thought uh, you know they didn't do stuff like that. You know, they kind of stuck to what they were going to do, and they filled positions of need. You know, you and I talked this morning. I don't like grading draft classes till a, year, a few years away, but so you kind of look at okay, where did you need to fill positions of need? What did you need? And it looked like they did that. So on paper, it looks like they you know did a nice job. Um, we'll see a few years down the road. We can do that. You know, you and I talked about it on our show this morning about the 2019 draft. They look what happened there. So, you know, maybe in 2025 we look back and say, okay, here's where they here's where they picked these guys, and this is what uh, this is what happened to them. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I, I don't grade drafts either, but I said it was pretty solid. You know, I thought that it was nothing fancy. But the the thing about it Ed, is, it doesn't have to be a, a fantastic draft. It just ha- it can't be a bad draft, right? And it just it felt yeah. like it wasn't a bad draft, and that they have something to build off of what they were able to get. 
Yeah, it did, Q, and I think um, you and I talked about it a long time and a lot of times about they needed a few starters defensively out of it. I think they probably got that, um, and we'll see how other guys develop. Um, I, you know, if you go over some of the picks, uh, I'm with you on the Michael Mayer pick. Like I, I just seen him in college. Um, maybe, maybe I was skewed because I was at the Notre Dame game with UNLV. <laughs> uh, so he looked like uh, Gronk and Kelsey, uh, and uh, all, all rolled into one. Um, so, but I still think he's a really good player. So I didn't mind them going up and getting him. And then, uh, I know coming back, you just talked about him. It was weird. I thought the Trey Tucker pick was a little strange only because I can't wait to see how the, the room shakes out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and see how that slot receiver shakes out and what's going to happen there. And, you know, what's going to happen with Renfro now? Um, you know, I know there's been words out there, you know, do you move him? Um, so I think that's going to be interesting because, you know, before they got Trey Tucker, they had a lot of guys who could catch the ball. And, you know, you, you only got one football, so and then you get Mayer as well. So I don't know. I That was the only one where when I went back and got into town and started looking at what they had done, I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting pick there. Yeah, it was. And the wide receiver room is getting really, really crowded if you're the silver and black. So it's going to be interesting to see. Something's got to give. I don't know I don't know what it's going to be. You know, you mentioned Hunter Renfro. I've mentioned Hunter before. I've said, you know, gut feeling feels like maybe he'll be a guy that they move, but he's a really good player. So you, you would think that they'd want to hold on to him. They just gave him that extension last year as yeah. well. So we'll see what happens with that wide receiver position. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. demand has got one for you. Yeah, Dave Ziegler said that they wanted to address a lot of areas of need in this draft, but you know, you can't fill all the holes, but they're laying down the groundwork with getting these homegrown guys. But are you surprised that they didn't draft a cornerback until their fifth pick with Jacorian Bennett? Yeah, I was a little surprised at that, uh, DeMond. Like I said, maybe uh, before, you know, maybe at the Trey Tucker spot. Um, I'm not going to say I knew every corner available at that point, um, but it, it, it seemed like they waited a little while to get a corner. Um, the other thing we talked about this morning was uh, offensive linemen. Now, they did go out and get some in, uh, right after the draft, so we'll have to see how those guys work out. But those are two of the things that kind of stood out, you know, how late they waited for a corner and then no offensive linemen. Um, but, you know, look, they have their board, and maybe there wasn't any offensive linemen left that they really loved, and maybe they, you know, maybe they loved uh, uh, some of the free agency uh, unsigned guys, uh, undrafted guys more. Um, you know, there were uh, we were talking about on the show this morning, there were, you know, there were stories about, you know, contacting some of those guys. I don't know if the Raiders did this, but some of the guys around the league contacting those type of players in the fourth and fifth round. Like, hey, if you don't get drafted, we're going to come after you. Um, there might have been those situations where they really liked a guy, but they felt they couldn't take him, and they said, okay, we're going to get him right after the draft. So, And they signed a couple of them. So maybe that's how they feel their offensive line, and we'll see going forward. But, yeah, I thought uh, maybe he's a little sooner in a corner before they got, uh, before they got Bennett. And then the pick right after Bennett was at quarterback Aiden O'Connell. What do you think about this pick? I mean, the fourth round, he's obviously not going to be brought in as the quarterback of the future. But do you like their approach of when they took a quarterback in this draft? Yeah, I mean, we'll see about him. I mean, he's he's got a long way to go. Obviously, just like you said, Demond, he's gonna he's gonna be a backup, and we'll see how he competes when when things start. Um, I they wanted obviously they wanted to get a quarterback at some point, um, so that's when they took the kid. Um, you know, he's, you know, we've heard the stories, we've read the stories from ninth string and, you know, walk on and all the way up the chart and having the two good years and all that. So he's got some toughness to him. Cause I think if you hang into that long and, and you overcome some things and overcome adversity, that says a lot about a guy. Um, I don't know if he's ever the quarterback of the future for the team or if he's ever going to be a starter for the team, but I think he'll give him, I mean, you don't draft him and not give him a chance to come in and compete. Right. I mean, I think he'll come in and you know, they'll see what they have in him over time and see if he's the guy or next year they're drafting another guy in, in that round or even sooner. It feels like that that's a position that they're going to address quite a bit, right? I mean, it might almost they be. do that every year until they get their guy. Right, exactly, exactly. And then even then, I mean, with the success that Brock Purdy had, I think there's a lot of teams that are looking like, you know what, let's take a flyer on a late-round quarterback. If he works out, he does, great. If he doesn't, that's okay, too. Right, so I think oh, yeah. that, you know because yeah. you got to have a quarterback. We all know that. Again, we're talking yeah. with Ed Graney here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. Uh, you mentioned the quarterback that was taken in, in round four, Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland. He's not a big guy as far as size, but he's got some some playmaking ability. And the thing about it, Ed, I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of these players. 
they all had a lot of production. I thought that that was important because the Raiders aren't a team that, especially on defense, comes up with a bunch of plays, like turning the ball over. It looks like Ja'Cory and Bennett and others, Christopher Smith, uh, Bernie, a couple others, they look like they have production where they can turn the ball over and, and get it back for the offense. Well, they need that, right? I mean, you, you just said it. They have not been a team that has been, you know, uh, advantageous in terms of turning the ball over and, uh, you know, forcing others into mistakes. So if Bennett can be that way, like you said, the kid from Georgia, Christopher Smith, if he can be that way, uh, Bernie, um, you know, if they can, you know, add to that in terms of uh, forcing others into mistakes and then making the play when they have an opportunity, that's the other thing. It's one thing to force the mistake, but then you have to make the play on the other end and execute. So if they can do that, um, a couple of these guys, I don't know if they can all do it in terms of, you know, right. uh, all coming in and making an impact, but let's say just one guy, just, just to Corey and Bennett, can go out and, you know, make a few plays, get a few picks. I mean, that's going to go a long way in making this defense better because, as you said, um, that's one of the real weaknesses of this defense. They have not been opportunistic in times that they need to be. No, they haven't. Not at all. You know, they're always at the bottom half of the, or the bottom third of the league when it comes to creating turnovers. And so, Ed, I mean, just looking at it on paper, and I know, you know, it's only May 1st. We haven't seen anything as far as being on the field, and we won't for quite a while, but – how much better do you think that this defense in particular could be just with the additions in the offseason so far as free agency goes and what they were able to do over the weekend? Well, I liked I liked some of the week I, I like some of the weekend picks to where they can make them add depth and make them better. Uh, you know, Tyree Wilson has to come in and obviously with Chandler and Max there, um, he'll be a rotational guy, I assume, to start, but I think he's gonna be on the field a lot. I mean, I think maybe mm-hmm. you can play those three at, at times, uh, in, in certain packages. Um but yeah, look, they can't they can't be any worse. I mean, you know, because of, of what they who they signed in the offseason, who they drafted. So they probably upgraded. But I'm with you. Um, can't wait to see it on the field because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how you know what is it a precipitous uh, uh, you know um, improvement? Uh, is it fifty percent? I mean, however they go up is going to be good for them. Um, but some of these guys have got to kind of you know come in and make a uh, make a statement. Uh, Byron Young's another one. You know they they need they need people at that position, so I think they're probably better. Q, how much better? I'm not so sure because you and I talked about it in the off season. A lot of the guys defensively, a lot of the guys were guys. Now you have rookies coming in to compete with them. So if I'm one of these rookies, if I'm Bennett or any of these guys or, or, or Smith or any of these guys, I'm coming in with a with an opportunity to play in my mind because I know what they've been like defensively. So if I'm if I'm these guys, I'm showing up to rookie camp and. And all these camps, and, and, and you know, right when they get them on the field, with an opportunity to say, "Hey, I can make a difference here, and I can play." They're not coming into the best defense in the league, right? So that's another thing I think is really good for the Raiders. You, you know, you breed competition with these guys. You know, um, you bring them in and say, "Hey, there's an opportunity for you to play." We haven't been the best defense, so that you know, we'll see who, who rises to the top of that. But I think some of these draft picks might have a chance. Yeah, and if they're worth the salt, you know, if they have something, you know, like I like to say, a little something in their neck, man, they'll, they'll step up to right. the challenge, right? And so that, that could be yeah. a good thing, like you said, for that Raiders defense. Ed Graney is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Damon. You talked about Hunter Renfro and how this receiver room is going to be crowded. What kind of value do you think he could fetch for in a trade? Ooh, that's a great question. We were talking about that this morning. Man, I mean, and Q can weigh in here. At this point, is it a third or fourth rounder? Mm. Um, you know, at this point in, in the game, um, I think he's a nice player. I think he's a good player. But at this point in May of what you could get for him, Q, um, I don't know if you could get more for him at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so, right? I mean, the guy, and he was originally, what, a fifth rounder? Yeah, yeah, he was in, yeah exactly. So there you go. So are the rumors about him being traded, is there because of interest, or is this just maybe the speculation that the receiving room is getting a little bit crowded? Sorry, I lost you there. I'm sorry, oh, I lost you there. okay. <laughs> yeah, um, when it comes to the speculation that he may be moved, is this just speculation with new receivers being added, or has the regime given an, ind- like an inkling that, hey, he could be moved? Well, I think, I think there were you know, rumblings of that for a long time that he could be moved. Mm-hmm. But like we said, with, with them drafting a receiver now, and especially slot, I mean, Devontae plays everywhere. We know Hunter's a slot. You know, we know they just drafted a slot. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting of where the room is and how the room's getting crowded. So there have been rumblings about Hunter before, but now that they go another slot, I think those rumblings get a little louder. Now maybe, look, maybe they're fine and they want as many ball catchers as possible and they want as many guys as can make plays as possible, and that's how they're going forward, and none of this is going to happen and Hunter's going to be there. I think Hunter's a really, really good player. I hope he is. 
Um, I hope he's there for them. But, you know, again, when you keep adding players to the room, eventually something's got to shake through. Yeah, that- exactly. That's that's what that's what it feels like, right? Is that the the room is really crowded and the and the conversation's been out there for a while. Is Adam Plant Jr. making this team? Hmm. Well, I think he's got a shot. Um, I think it's you know for undrafted guys like that, uh, it's an uphill battle. Um, but you know what? He plays a position where again, any 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 person on that side of the ball has a shot. To me, right? I mean, if you go in and start making plays and you start improving and showing them you can play at that level, you've got a shot. Yeah. But uh, put it this way, if you're going to be an unsigned uh, or an undrafted rookie free agent, it's best to be on that side of the ball with the Raiders than on the other side of the ball right now. Let me let me go back to the wide receivers real quick. This is who you have in the room, Damon. Devontae Adams, DeAndre Carter, Keelan Cole Sr., Philip Dorsett, Tyler Johnson, Chris Lacey, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Cam Sims, Trey Tucker, and DJ Turner. So obviously that's that's not all going to be there. <laughs> right, no, there's there's no, obviously no. going to be some shakeups. I would say that Trey Tucker and DJ Turner are very interchangeable. Right, I mean that I think that Trey Tucker is going to be the guy that a lot of people thought that DJ Turner had an opportunity to be. Just get him the ball in space and let him go. Oh yeah, I mean I think uh, I think you're exactly right, and I, I, I'm glad you read off that room because I forgot about two or three of those guys. So the room's <laughs> even more crowded than I imagined. Right, exactly, exactly. It's going to be, it really will be interesting. But all in all, Ed, like I said, I thought it was a solid draft. I know that everyone wants to have a fantastic draft, but I think if you have consistently solid drafts, that's better than having one great draft and a bunch of crap drafts, right? You know? No, I, if you can have, look, if you can go solid each year and pick up two or three starters, then I think you're drafting well. I think there's a good chance they did that. You and I are in the same boat. We wait until it plays out for a year or two. But um, I like Michael Mayer. Um, I, I like, you know, I mean, they got the, they got the guy at the top um, in a position that, you know, I, I think, you know, more, 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 as Dave Ziegler said, you've got to get after these young quarterbacks in the AFC West. I mean, Herbert and Mahomes are not getting any worse. They're just getting better and better. Right. Um, you know, they added the defensive tackle. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you can get the corners settled down and you can get that, that happening, I think the defense will be better. Like you said, I think they had a solid draft and, they just didn't. I'm glad they just didn't do anything crazy, right? Because we've seen crazy in these drafts with the Raiders of late. Yeah, and they didn't do anything. They didn't do that. They they just stuck to their board, took people high off their board, and 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 made the picks. And I think that that's uh, that's a much more successful draft than what we've seen. I, absolutely, I agree. And of course, we'll have to see how it all plays out on the field. But all in all, I thought they did a pretty decent job of coming away with some really good talent. So, Ed, what are you uh, what are you writing about? I have to uh, assume that you got some uh, VGK on your mind. You got some A's on your mind. You got some Raiders. Yeah. What's what's going on? What's the RJ? What you talking about in the RJ? I, I just got back. I just got back from VGK practice. So uh, they're figuring out how to stop. Uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and uh, it's going to be a lot of VGK as the second round rolls around. This is going to be a great series. Uh, it's the best offense against the best blue line in the league with the VGK when they're all healthy, so it'll be a kind of a counter versus counter, and anytime you play Connor McDavid, it's pretty cool to watch him. Yeah, well, I'm excited about uh, VGK and their opportunity right now, especially with uh, Colorado dipping out. I feel like it's wide open. The West is wide open for VGK to go and do their thing. And I'll say this, Abe, we'll close out on this. Uh, Myself, Damon, and a few of us uh, from the radio station yesterday were at the Aviators game. That's all the baseball I need here in Vegas. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need any. I don't need any A's. I know that you're chasing the A's story, but I don't need that 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 here. Uh, the Aviators are fine well, with me. <laughs> listen, if you saw the Aviators yesterday, you might have seen a better team than I saw with the A's. But you never know. <laughs> That's saying something. No, I because mean, the team, yeah, the, the team, team I saw up in Oakland is, uh, oof, it's an eyesore. Yeah, it really is. And I think that there was more fans at the Aviator game than there was at the A's game. I'm sure. So yes, there, there's the that. announced crowd of six thousand when I was at the A's. I looked around and I. I'm not great at math, but I can count a little, and I didn't see 6,000. Well, there was a announced 7,000-plus at the Aviators yesterday, and in a 10,000-seat stadium, that's a lot better looking than uh, whatever yeah. was going on with the A's. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting, man. It, it really is. We'll see what happens with that. But, Ed, fantastic work as always, man. You got everything covered like a glove, and we definitely appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. There he goes. Ed Graney from the RJ and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, he was up in the Bay uh, chasing the A's, and they just, I mean, man, I'm telling you, I was looking at that crowd yesterday at the Aviators game, and I was like, the A's would love to have this crowd. <laughs> so, you know, and the stadium is amazing and awesome, and yeah, man, it's just, that, that's all the baseball. I even tweeted out, this is all the baseball I need here in Vegas. Let me go to an Aviator game. You park for free. You roll in there. I even got a baseball. I even took a baseball home. Did you get a baseball? No. Did they, did they just give that to you? No, you they asked? gave it to the kids. Well, what kid did you have? Sarah. <laughs> you damn skippy. She was mad, too. I was like, because I put my hand out for a baseball, and the lady goes, it's only for a kid. I was like, I'm a kid. 
And she goes, no, for the kids. I was like, I'm a kid. And she goes, no. I said, Sarah, go get me a baseball. And Sarah's like, no. I was like, why? And she's like, I'm not a kid. I was like, the hell you ain't? Who's paying the bills in the house? <laughs> go on. Go on and get your daddy a ball. <laughs> so, yeah, I got a baseball. I, man. And then Natalie afterwards was like, Q, I could have definitely just got you a baseball if you wanted one. I was like, no, 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 I got it. I got you know, it covered. You know what I was talking about yesterday with a couple of our coworkers? Uh, what do I need to do to be able to throw out the first pitch? Oh, Aviators, if no, you're listening. We're, no, we're working on this. Oh, we're, yeah? We're working on a promotion where we're going to have us. I actually was thinking, this is how stupid I am. I'm at the game trying to relax and enjoy myself, and I'm working on promotions. I'm trying to think of a promotion for the radio station. So what we're going to do is, and we just started to spitball it, so you know we'll do it at some point. Uh, is we'll have Radio Nation Radio 920 out. We'll have ESPN Las Vegas out. Uh, our, our, our friends at Fox Sports Las Vegas will have uh, be a LV Sports Network day. And we'll have a couple of us throw out a first pitch or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get it figured out. We'll give out tickets across the network. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll be out at a beautiful ballpark. We'll invite our listeners out. It'll be all good. All you, good. How, how competitive are you going to make it? Very. <laughs> Very. I was throwing the damn ball on the way out the stadium. Natalie's like, don't throw your arm out, Q, trying to throw that ball. And I was like, oh, it's all good. I got this. I got this. Tried to tell the wife, catch wife. She's like, no, don't you dare throw it at me. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get warmed up for this then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Doug even told me, he was like, hey, man, if you uh, throw out the first pitch, man, I can warm you up out out on the street. And I was like, all right, cool. So, we're, hey, yeah, we're putting this thing together, man. It's a real thing. Call him out, Doug. Bring your glove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real thing, man. You know what I mean? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to put the uniform on, right? I'm going to have the old school stirrups on. Uh, the one day I'll put a hat on. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to make it official. If I'm going to do it, I got to look the part, right? Put my number 24 on the back so I look like old school Ricky Henderson. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm good, Doug. I, I'll, I'll try to steal a base. I even, you know what they said after the game? They're like, if any kids would like to run the bases, I was like, man, you think I can slide in there? It was to go to section 107. Look, I still know. It's in my head exactly where to go. I was thinking, could I go to 107 real quick? And they're like, uh, Q, it's only for kids. I was like, I could be a kid. I'm a kid at heart. I would have loved it if you just, like, getting in the way of kids. All right, we got a <laughs> Q up next. I was going to do it, and this is what I told him on the way. We were walking to the car on the way out, and I said, the only difference is if I still, if I, uh, if I ran the bases with the kids, I would definitely head first slide into home plate. I was going to say the only person leaving with dirt on them. <laughs> yes. You got to do it, man. I was that kid playing Little League that I would run and slide and get dirty before the game even started, right? If it was in the grass in the outfield, I'd make sure I got some green on my, on my pants, and then I got some dirt on it, too. I would slide for no reason. Like, I would already be at the base, and I'd just slide because I wanted to. Real quick, my eighth-grade sister, who's a, who's a great softball player, she says, girls do that for their TikToks now, and it's stupid. <laughs> Where even before the game, they're just rubbing dirt on their legs to make t- So you would be out here getting ready for your TikToks if you were still. <laughs> but I was, I was at least sliding. I wasn't picking up dirt and just putting it on me. I was, I was sliding. I was chasing the ball down. I was that guy that during warm-ups and everything, like, you'd throw the ball, we'd be playing catch. I would take off late because I wanted to try to dive and catch the ball. I was that guy. I was that dude. They're like, oh, he's doing too much. Real show off. Yeah. <laughs> nah, not me. Not me. That's not in my personality. Be confident in myself. 2.50 is the time. We'll come back. Close out hour number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. So as I'm putting together this LV Sports Network day at the ballpark that is in its infancy right now, it's like very early in the stages, right? Like there's, there's only been – slight conversations back and forth. We just had Sylvia, who has her office right here. She just volunteered to sing the national anthem. So we're all in. We're all in. She's going to sing the national anthem. We're going to throw out the first pitch. We're going to have affiliate day. Going to do some little batting practice. Going to steal some bases. And I don't need no extra big base. Give me the regular size base, right? I don't need no new rules. I can steal bases. Even in my old age, I can still steal a base. But steals are up across the majors. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on that conversation. I know. Times of the games are uh, – yeah, I get it. I don't need any of that. Mailman Raider said real quick, Q, at this point, as a former all-Oakland team fan, y'all can have the A's too. <laughs> when we get new ownership, then I'll take them back. But it's sad. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong, and I understand, and that's exactly why I don't want him is because of that ownership as well. Mailman Raider, I appreciate you. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to a very patient. Shields up. Welcome to the show, my man. Q, how you doing, man? I'm blessed. I give it a B plus. Okay. I'll be I'll, I'll be quick. The first three are obviously building from the inside out. Mm-hmm. With Wilson, Mayer, and Young. Yep. Mayer's at 260, 265. He's a great inline blocker, and he's got really good hands. So mm-hmm. that is a commitment, and I think that's what uh, Ziegler, when he was on the staff of the Patriots, did the same thing. They got um, Barmore, and they started building – from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey Tucker, 
Um, it's a surprise pick, but looking into it and thinking about it, uh, I like it. He brings a special teams. He's got speed. I think he's a track star. Um, I, I really have no problem with it. And you're, you guys are right, previous callers, previous guests, um, Renfro might be you know, on the trading block. Um, it is a strange pick, though, considering Dorsett yeah. and, and that wide receiver room. Uh, Jacorian Bennett, um, the corner, it's interesting because I have a theory that, you know, we got Faison back. Mm-hmm. Faison's got good size. Yeah. And um, he played good when he was with us. I just think he fell victim because of uh, Gus Bradley leaving. And, um, but I think he was really productive and – don't forget, you know, Marcus Peters is out there, too, as mm-hmm. a free agent in that corner. Yeah. I know he's 30, and he's still he's maybe a little long in the tooth. Aiden O'Connell, what can you say? You know, uh, McDaniels is like Gruden. They love their quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> got him, I'm sorry? I said that's true. I mean, you could have got him later on. But, but he, you know what? I watched him against Michigan. I think it was the Big Ten Conference Championship, and he's got that hard nose. Uh, attitude that that tough guy look about him, and um, but you're right, he doesn't have wheels. And the most one I'm least expecting from is Smith, mm, okay. the safety position. And the least that I'm looking forward to is Bernie, because of his turnover thing. And he, you know he ran a four five for a linebacker, and I think that's the weakest. And, and and the weakest position right now on our depth chart. Yeah, we got Masterson, we got um, Diablo, and we drafted Butler last year. But those guys are unproven. So, um, and Nesta De Silva, uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll pass on him. But that's my uh, that's my summary, man. There you go. Thank you for I- my call. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. There you go. Shields up right there. B-plus is not bad. I'll take a B-plus every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That's not bad at all. I like the breakdowns. We'll get a little bit more breakdown as we have Justin Mello from the Draft Network join us next, kicking off hour number two of the show. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Baseball action. Saturday at 1230 as the Yankees play the Rays. Then Sunday at 3, it's the Dodgers versus the Padres on ESPN Las Vegas. Brought to you by Finley Toyota. We're here for you. This is JT for Grimaldi's Pizzeria, cold-fired brick oven pizza, a must-have for anyone craving great pizza. Locations at Boca Park, the Palazzo, South Rainbow, and Green Valley. Learn more at GrimaldisPizzeria.com. PT's, Sean Patrick's, Sierra Gold, and SG Bar is your local's hotspot for happy hour with 50% off drinks every day. Voted best happy hour in Las Vegas? There's no better place to be. Beat the heat with ice-cold beer, signature cocktails, and the best tavern food in town. See you at happy hour for 50% off drinks 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. and 12 a.m. to 2 every day. With over 60 locations, there's always a PT's near you. Visit PTsTaverns.com to find your favorite neighborhood tavern today. By now you've heard that Dolph-